All right, welcome back to another episode of Double Overtime presented by Shap Sports. I am one of your hosts, David. Got one of the other hosts with me, Anthony. No Tyler tonight, so just two Shaps. How's it going, Anthony? It's going good, David. How you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. Uh, my yeah. picks were not great this week. My Texans did not do great. Uh, so overall, not not good for me, but I'm feeling good. So it's a new week. It's a new week. Been a, been a tough football season so far for you. Yeah, to say the least. At least in fantasy, in both of our leagues, I'm three and zero in first place. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you beat me in this one in that one in that one league this 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 week. So, I did. Yeah, yeah I was, you and Uncle Larry. It was, it was um, a brutal week. Good thing for the Bears, um, but that was the only thing I had to look forward to uh, from this week. Yeah, they almost really disappointed you. And that was almost yeah. I was home for to that point. Yeah, they didn't win. Uh, let's hop in. So Monday night's game, we saw uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick throw three first half interceptions, and then yep. came back to almost have an incredible com- comeback. Uh, first player in NFL history with three straight 400 yard games. You know, we we talked about it. They're going to be playing on a short week at Chicago, so obviously a, a top five defense. Uh, what do the Bucks do? I know they made the decision, but they are being pretty mum on that right now. So are they starting Fitz or are they starting Winston? Yeah, I think you got. I think you got to start Fitz. I mean, what has he had so far for the year? Eleven. He's had eleven touchdowns, four picks, QBR rating of, uh, his quarterback rating of one twenty four. Like he's played really well, and and the main reason, you know, they they start the season two and one. I mean, almost three and zero, right, from that game on uh, Monday night. Yeah. There's no way that you can come back with Winston to start this game. Like I don't know how much longer Fitz starts, um, but. You know, he kind of came back in a way with the with the turnovers in the first half, and then like he he's that was the typical Fitzpatrick performance, you know, that I would have expected. Although, like I said, to throw for four hundred yards, like obviously that's very difficult. Not to mention doing it three times in a row. Um, but he's got to start Sunday, in, uh, you know, against the Bears. I would think. Yeah, I think that he needs to have like two halves of that type of game for him to get benched. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he kind of came back and the, the team rallies around him. And I know they came out and said, obviously, they're going to they're gonna play for either quarterback. But before last week, Deshaun Jackson said that you can't sit Fitz. And, and I agree. I mean, at this point, he is the best option. He He's lit that defense, that the defense is up around the league. I think he has like 24 completions of, of uh, balls that have traveled at least 15 yards. And the next closest is like 16. I mean, he moves the ball, and and right now, until he proves that he is going to turn the ball over three times and a half consistently, I think you got to roll with him. So I think uh, it's kind of consensus there that this is going to be Fitz's job to lose. I mean, it's it's amazing with some of these numbers. Like he's having a career year. Like I mean, in the worst way. I mean, his you know his career quarterback rating is an eighty-one. Like I said, he's at one twenty-four point eight for the season. He averages a career 210 yards per game, and he's doubling that right now through three weeks. Like, these are Hall of Fame, MVP, best quarterback. You can, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, other than the guy up in KC. But, you know, you get my point. Like, these are Hall of Fame numbers that he's putting up here within the first three weeks. Like, don't mess with that. You got to gotta keep riding with that. Yeah. Let's talk about a team that has some serious quarterback questions now. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously, unfortunately, uh, Torres ACL running the ball just kind of jerked up on him non-contact play and you hate to see it but what do the Niners do from here I mean even with Jimmy G I don't think they're a playoff team especially in a division with the Rams um, do you kind of 
throw Bathard out there who who was okay last year. He was serviceable. Or do you go out maybe try to get a Terod Taylor or something like that if you're the Niners? Yeah, maybe Terod Taylor. Like I, I, everybody wants to throw out the Colin Kaepernick thing, although like that was like denied, you know, right away. Yeah, I, I think at this point, like you know, it's you know the NFL is a league where you only have maybe fifteen to twenty guys. You know, the you know these backups are are not going to do much for you. So you know what you you what one and two I think to start the season. You know, I, I don't know much about, about the backups out there in, in San Francisco. It's weird because Garoppolo played the whole game, right? Was this play at the very end? Um, I believe that it was towards the end. Let me let me double check on that to see if he played the, the full game. But, um, yeah, because I, I mean, no, I'm go looking ahead. at some of these numbers. Like, I don't even see, I don't see that there was anybody else that threw a pass that game at least. So, yeah, it had to have been late. Um, so, I don't, I don't know what to anticipate, but, like, you know what? With some of the weapons that they like, they're a young team. They got a lot of young weapons, but these are people that are not proven. The the running game, you know, is is kind of hit or miss. Um, I don't know. It, it's gonna now be a long year. Like that's obviously not what they wanted. They just signed this guy to a huge contract uh, extension, and you know, for him to go down, now you got a full year recovery. Um, it was dangerous. I don't know. You did you see the play? Um, yeah, it was it was him running and it was on the sidelines. I think he just tried to like make a little hesitation move and his knee just kind of buckled. Right, but there was a pl- another play earlier in the game too where he was scrambling and I don't know if it was Justin Houston or somebody on the Chiefs defense, um, you know, kind of bumped into him like which like I thought was a clean play although like there were a lot of people were complaining about it but it's just weird that like he got up all limping and whatever and it's just like. Who knows? I mean, it could be because of that hit that something like that happened. You know, it just triggered it or whatever. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, like they're they're in trouble. Yeah, I mean, the defense is young. They they actually have been okay against the run. Obviously, um, they've let up a lot of points in, in every game they've played. Um, you know, whether it was the Lions in Week Two or against the Patrick Mahomes led Chiefs. But I mean, Bethard started most of those games uh, last year. I believe it was Hoyer and then Bethard and then of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy G when he came in, so I mean they know that you know Bethard's not gonna he's not gonna win you a division he's not gonna get you to the playoffs but you know hopefully he can can keep them competitive and you know at this point you gotta just play for the draft pick right in the division like that. Oh I agree yeah I mean and and that's the thing it's really tough to tell a fan base that and although you know I I think it's more difficult telling players that than a fan base I think a fan base oh, for probably sure. prefer yeah. you know that that they lose every game at this point but yeah Bethard's gonna be serviceable like you know he you know he has some starts under his belt from last year and he'll do some things but yeah he's not taking you anywhere this team wasn't going anywhere to begin with um, especially with the Rams in that division um, but yeah it's a shame man Garoppolo you know a Rolling Meadows product and you know it's it's kind of amazing to see how his career started and you know things have come back you know although like in this last game he you know he had a decent game you know it's a shame but um We'll kind of have to wait next year just to see how he rebounds. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. You know, Carson Wentz has struggled a little bit. Only one game back from that ACL tear, but you know, we'll see how he comes back. He he got paid, and uh, obviously, people had high hopes for the Niners. They were a lot of you know dark horse up and coming teams that a lot of people were talking about this off season. And you know, to have Jarek McKinnon go out before the season starts, and now you know Jimmy G in the middle of week three, it's not not looking good for them. Um, sure, but yeah. let, you know you. Go ahead. 
I was just saying, Kyle Shanahan too. You know, the the head coach over there is just an offensive guru. So, you know, like they have that going for him, and you know, hopefully, you know, he's able to get more out of the quarterback play. You know, that 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 maybe we're anticipating, and and again, hopefully, they could savage some wins. But it's it sucks because they're going to be in that like football hell in a way because you know they're not winning the division, and you know, you're all you're doing every win from here on out is just kind of pushing you further back in the draft yeah well, yeah without a doubt um let's, let's look around the league you know we see x amount of roughing the passer calls you know significantly higher than last year um i think it was like one and a half times more than than the past couple years um but i mean we see william hayes the the kid from miami that was having a great year uh he tore his acl trying to trying to ease up on um, sacking Derek carr last week um we've seen the flags on clay matthews you know we've seen them everywhere is there a way to, to fix this rule in the middle of the season? Like, what exactly do you kind of foresee going on with the roughing the passer rule? Yeah, that's such a good question, and it's such a tough one to answer because, you know, obviously we all understand that this rule needs to change. There has to be something that happens. Um, you know, how are you going to be able to do something like that in the middle of the season is, is to me, going to be the question. Um, but, you know, we all understand. They're going to they're gonna obviously protect the quarterbacks. That was the purpose of the rule to begin with. You know, Clay Matthews obviously had some tough calls. It's interesting because, you know, you, feel, you look at some teams, like, for example, the Bears, right, through three weeks. They, um, you know, are at the top of the league in sacks. They're at the top of the league of pressures on the quarterback, most likely top of the league in, in hits on the quarterback. But yet the one thing that you haven't seen through three games is you have not seen a roughing the passer penalty called on them. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it can be done. It can be done if 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 the proper uh, coaching and techniques are being worked on. Right. Like so. Like I was thinking about this just because it is it is interesting and you know it, like it, that's not to say like the Clay Matthews you know were were out of question. He had one in the first week against the Bears that was not even close. That should have been called. And then these last two you know were were so clear like just normal hits so like I understand the beef on that but you know the problem in the NFL they have called it a lot but like I still feel like you can still get to the quarterback but be disciplined and the Bears have proven that and I I haven't really done the numbers on some of these other teams but again with me watching Bears so much like they don't have they haven't had a penalty yet roughing the passer penalty they've been doing it the right way and again it's not it's not a lack of them getting to the quarterback because they've done that probably more than anybody in the league yeah they're, they're definitely near the top in that it's yeah, it is tough. They're not going to change it in the middle of the season. Um, I, I know that they said that they were kind of reviewing it and then going to go over it, but yeah, in, in the middle of the season, it's not going to happen. But ultimately, I mean, what it comes down to is, you know, these are the rules, and rules have constantly been changing, especially like these last five years. And it definitely is to protect the quarterback. I mean, you go out and you pay to see Aaron Rodgers play. Like you don't pay to go see Deshaun Kaiser quarterback that team so I get it you know I do get it but in the same token you know these defensive players are getting paid too you know Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald just got paid 100 million dollars we don't want to see defensive players either like William Hayes you know tearing their ACL to protect a quarterback that's not on their team so it's it's just like an an iffy spot that definitely needs to be touched up in the offseason and you know at a certain point what do you do put flags on the quarterback like it's just kind of getting to that point where you don't know what to do as a defender, and it's tough. Yeah, 
and it, it's it is interesting because it's a valid point. You know, these defensive players, you know, they're they're landing awkwardly because they're trying to avoid the quarterback as much as they can. They're getting hurt because of this. It's, it's just an overall plea, plague on, on on just the injuries, one way or the other. Someone is going to eventually get hurt because it's just not the right way of playing football. It's not the proper technique. It's not uh, a lot of those things. You know, my my thing that really annoys me with the whole quarterback protecting the quarterback situation is that you know when these quarterbacks go out and they start scrambling and they start running and picking up yards like for example the Jimmy G uh, uh, play that I was kind of hitting on earlier in the show he literally scrambled didn't run out of bounds the defensive player is expecting him to run out of bounds because he knows he doesn't want to hit him but yet Jimmy G lowers his shoulder into the defensive player and then the defensive player is just, uh, just supposed to do what like it's like you can't you can't have it both ways because the defense is expecting you to either knee it to, to, to slide or to get out of bounds. Like, don't 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 push it upfield for a few more yards. Like, don't – I just don't think that that's right. Like, if you're going to play that type of quarterback or you're going to be that type of quarterback, then you deserve to get popped in the face. And I agree. And that's – Because the, the rule is when you're outside of that pocket, you're a runner. But, you know, everyone knows, like, if you hit a running back the same way that you hit a quarterback – like it's it's different. You hit that quarterback, you're getting a flag. And I think you kind of saw the same thing with uh, Josh Allen in that Buffalo Minnesota game when he hurdled uh, Anthony Barr. I think he thought that he was gonna kind of ease up, and he tried to hit him right in the hip because if you hit him low, you know you're hurting the quarterback's legs. That's a penalty. If you hit him high, obviously helmet to helmet. So like you put these defenders in a tough spot when these guys scramble exactly outside the pocket and you expect them to slide and then they fight for those extra two yards and they get them and, and oftentimes you know that's the difference in in a field goal versus a punt in a drive you know getting that extra first down so it's it's definitely something that needs to be addressed in the offseason which is a long ways away so we'll see how how that kind of impacts the rest of the season but let's let's just look throughout yeah. the league um i'll give you my top five teams right now and for me i think that's a consensus number one up top in the los angeles rams um, obviously, we've seen what that offense can do, so many weapons, and of course, that defense has, has been dominant. Um, they, they looked a little sluggish in that first half against Oakland in week one, and since then, um, truly dominant. Uh, for me, the number two team in the league right now is the offensive juggernaut in the Chiefs. You know, that defense has been bad, but Mahomes and all those weapons, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, um, of course, those running backs, even Spencer Ware has been getting in there a little bit. But, you know, I, I like the Chiefs. The offense has just been unbelievable. Um, Kareem Hunt's not been great, but he's been getting his touchdowns because of how good that team is. Um, and then number three, Drew Brees um, and the Saints. The way that he's been playing football this year, you know, he looks like that 5,000-yard passer. And if that defense can solidify itself as a top 15 to even 20 defense, uh, that offense is is good enough. You know, Ingram's coming back. Kamara's been stupid good. Michael Thomas has been stupid good. Uh, I think that the Saints, led by Drew Brees and Sean Payton, uh, are a scary team. And then at, at number four, I know the Eagles have not looked great this season, but they are the defending champs. Uh, Carson Wentz is back. They've, they've definitely had their share of injuries with Alshon Jeffrey not playing a game. Of course, last week they had Jay Ajayi out. Uh, they had Darren Sproles out. So I think once they get healthy, uh, once Carson Wentz gets his legs under him, you know, I don't know that they'll be the same team as they were last year, but they, uh, they're they definitely one of the best teams in the league for me. And then at number five, uh, I will, uh, I'll take Jacksonville. They looked terrible last week, I know, against the Titans. But uh, let's give the Titans a little bit of credit. You know, they've only let up, uh, I think, like five touchdowns or four touchdowns the entire season. 
Um, the Jags, you know, Leonard Fournette, once he gets healthy again, you know, teams are dealing with injuries. But if, if they can get him back and he can be that workhorse and Blake Bortles can be good enough to just not lose them games, I mean, obviously we've, we've seen how good that defense is. I think uh, for me that, that would be my top five. What about for you, man? Yeah, I, I, I think it's be pretty similar. You know, that, 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 that team at the top, you know, the, the Rams versus the Chiefs, like I can go, I, I can flip the coin. And, and the reason why I like the Chiefs is because with that offense, like I don't think there's an offense that really doesn't get to keep up with that, you know, point-wise. Like, I know that the Steelers were able to do it a little bit and they ended up not nearly from 37 points and lost. You know, um, I... I do like the Rams overall because they got the defense element. I, I don't know if the Chiefs really have it, if, you know, have that defense that's going to be able to back them up. And I don't, you know, the the the, the, the Chiefs aren't scoring 35, 40 points a game. They, I mean, they, they're going to come back to earth, I would think, at some point as teams kind of figure them out. So yeah, number one, I'll take the Rams. Um, I will take the Chiefs. Number two, number three, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put the Eagles in there at number three for the reason of you know like this team just based off the experience they have like this team knows how to win football games it's not pretty you know they they, they really haven't had a pretty win yet they haven't had a pretty game yet um it's been a struggle out the gate but like they just get it done that defense gets it done they now have ones coming back you know Elshon's still out so he'll come back here soon um i i like the weapon so i'm gonna go philly three um number four i'm And I know you said they had like that that game that was just kind of you know where it, where it came out of nowhere type of deal. Like I know Tennessee's kind of been holding offenses um, out of the end zone or whatnot. But I think number number um, four, I'm gonna actually put the Vikings. Okay. Like, I know I know I know the Bills game was a joke. That team was not ready to, to play uh, the Vikings. I'm talking about and all three aspects they got they got outplayed. I would imagine that changes moving forward, um, especially with the head coach and, and that and that and that team over there. So I got them number four, and then number five. Um, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take Jacksonville for the reasons that you put that defense. I think that offense is gonna start playing better. Bortles has had a pretty good year, um, other than like I said, this last game here, he's been pretty good. Um, it's interesting, Patriots not in the top five, but they they got the weapons, you know, and and I think by the end of the year they will, you know, they'll be back. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not concerned about the uh, New England Patriots. I know that it's been a while since they lost two in a row, and you know the Lions looked very good on that Sunday night game. They controlled the ball. Obviously, they had their first hundred yard rusher in like seventy games. But I mean, you keep Tom Brady off the field, and you know, give him. I think, dude, I think that they got outplayed. Like the the Lions had outsnapped them almost like two to one that game. So, I mean, you keep Tom Brady off the field, you know, good things are going to happen for you. But that's not going to happen. You know, Edelman will be back soon. Um, you know, I know that um, Burkhead just went on the IR. But I think that actually opens up a good door for uh, Sony Michelle and, and uh, James yep. White back there. So, I, I'm not concerned about them. But right now, at this point, they're not in my top five, which is yep. conceivable. Um, sure. But, you know, we, we saw a little Baker magic uh, last Thursday. That, that Jets-Browns game, and you could just tell how much Cleveland fans wanted him in there. The energy difference was unbelievable. I mean, how how forward, how forward much are you looking forward to seeing Baker Mayfield be the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, I think, you know, any of these new quarterbacks that, that come in for the first time, you know, I think it's always exciting to, to see how they're going to do because, like, I think the NFL needs that next, you know, group of dominant quarterback play I mean you, you thought you had it with the Winston Mariota and that turned out to be a, you know a, a, a bombshell and um, or at least to this point it has um, you know your Wentz and, and you know your your golf like it's, has been great you know last 
last year's draft class is starting to play better. But like every 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 quarterback that gets that first start, I think is going to be fun to watch. He's a fun player, man. Like you said, he came in there and you could just tell he raised the level of play for everybody else around him, right? So, you know, he he you know two hundred passing yards. You know, he he didn't run as much. He didn't scramble as much as I thought he would. Um, but. I'm not ready to call this guy, you know, a, a Pro Bowler or a Hall of Famer. Obviously, like I, I'm going to need to see more out of him. Um, I, I don't anticipate him coming out and, and throwing four touchdowns and no picks like some of these other guys might have done in, in years past. But um, you know, definitely going to be exciting. And and that team, that defense is very exciting. And look, they're in the heart of it, man. Like, there's, you know, why not Cleveland? You know, like why not Cleveland winning that division if he comes out and plays well? Yeah, I mean, he was zipping balls in there. Um, obviously, we saw that two-point conversion, uh, Jarvis Landry throwing him that ball, which, by the way, I hate that every time we see a play like that, that it's referenced as Philly Philly, because yeah. we've seen that for years before this, just not at the magnitude, obviously, that Philadelphia had it in. But yeah, I mean, he, he looked good from the get-go. Um, he, he knows he knows who to get the ball to, whether that's Jarvis um, you know, Tarad missed Callaway deep a lot. I think having that threat downfield for him is going to be huge. Um, and Joku in the middle. Uh, Carlos Hyde looked great running the ball. I think they need to get Duke Johnson going. But, yeah, man, that defense is legit. That defense is very legit. And, um, yeah, why not Cleveland? You know, the Steelers, obviously, we know they're, uh, they might be on the, the downside of their their dynasty slash – now, I wouldn't really call it a dynasty with the Patriots, but the downside of their their window and you yeah, know the Bengals. Window, yeah. yeah, I mean the Bengals lost last week. They're two and one. The Ravens are two and one. I mean that's a that this could possibly be the best division in football. I know before the season we weren't really talking about that, but there's there's a lot of good teams in that division, and the Browns have have played every single game tough so far against some pretty good teams. Um, but what do you expect for Baker as a whole season? Can you see the Browns cracking five hundred? Yeah, I well you know like I said, I mean. With this defense being so good, and you know, look, they need a man. Like they, they need a, a quarterback that's going to make a few plays. And I kind of, I kind of compare it to the Bears in a way, right? With the Bears defense, like you just need that quarterback that's going to not overthrow the ball, hit his receivers that are open, make a couple plays a game, and you're going to be in most games, like because your defense will keep you there. And I think with the with, with Mayfield, like. What you know, the arm strength, you know, the accuracy was there. You know, uh, you know, last week. Um, I want to see him scramble, make more plays out of the pocket. Um, this team can definitely win a bunch of games. Like, there's no reason why, especially with that defense. And it's um, interesting because he was in the rare situation where, like, for whatever reason, you know, he wasn't getting any first team reps. Like this, like this week of practice is his first practice practices with getting first team reps like even in the mini camps he never got any which is just confusing to me as to how that happened but um i anticipate him growing each week and and, and you know hopefully remember going to death, like i thought it was a mistake like i thought there was another quarterback that could yeah. take it and i'm wrong because like you know what he has a ball, he's ball, he's ball you know you can tell he's enjoying playing for, for the Cleveland Browns and like hopefully he turns out to be successful i want that fan base to to experience you know the playoffs again just winning games again you know in general Sure, and I, I like that comparison to um, the Bears. I think obviously that defense has potential to to be as good as the Bears are. Um, I think their defense is a little bit worse right now, but I think the Browns' offense is is a little bit better um, than than the Bears' offense. So I think you know it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I think they can for sure crack that five hundred mark. Um, you know, Miles Garrett has been 
unbelievable so far this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Four sacks, two forced fumbles. Obviously, with what Khalil Mack is doing, he's not the the front runner for Defensive Player of the Year, but he's gonna he's gonna make a good run for that throughout the season. And if he can keep it up, and Khalil Mack, you know, doesn't doesn't do the historic things that he's doing. It, it's definitely possible, especially if that team does go um, around 500 after the season, obviously that they had last year. Right, David. Let me let me propose this to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, because this is something we were talking about at work, I thought it's, I thought it was an interesting question. Get, giving what you know now about Mitchell, who's you know played what maybe give or take give or take 14, 15 games in the NFL, and give, given what you saw from from. Baker in, in the final half of that game and how he kind of, you know, brought energy to everybody. He looked good. He did look good in that half. Won the game. I'm going to give you the trade proposal. Mitchell and Khalil Mack for Baker and Miles Garrett. Who are you taking? Oh, man. That is so tough. Yeah. I, I can't do it. I can't. Like That was interesting. Yeah. I, that that's, that's actually very interesting. I think Miles Garrett has the potential to be like a pro bowler every year. And possibly a once-in-a-generation player, but like Khalil Mack has already proved that he's a once-in-a-generation type player. Um, right. these, these quarterbacks are are still both unproven. Now I will say that with Baker Mayfield in comparison to Mitchell Trubisky, they're both going to make mistakes. Um, but Baker comes out and he gives you energy. You know, you, you don't really see that a whole lot with with Mitchell Trubisky. Um, I, I think his athleticism separates him a little bit, Trubisky. Um, but Baker has that too. Obviously, hasn't been able to show that in in his one half of play. But yeah, I don't think I would take that right now. But man, that is that is tough. I think I would take Baker over Trubisky for sure, um, as far as my franchise quarterback. But Khalil Mack is just He's unbelievable. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. Yeah, but uh, I like that. Let's um let's talk about our game of the week, like we do every week. Um, this one was the Saints. They traveled to Atlanta. Um, a great divisional game, as most of these games always are. That NFC South is going to be a dogfight. Um, but the Saints won in overtime, 43-37. Um, in the middle of that game, maybe even in the first quarter or second quarter, uh, Drew Brees broke the record for most career completions. Um, let me ask you, where does he rank all-time for you? Because all-time for me, I think he is for sure a top-five quarterback. Yeah, I oh, that I mean, that's a great question. There's no doubt about it. I mean... You know, with with some of the numbers that he's been putting up for how long? I mean, how old is this guy? I mean, he's been around forever, and he's still. I mean, he's just putting up crazy numbers. I mean, look for the for the for the season again. He's like, what is he? Forty? Uh, is he going? He's thirty eight, thirty nine, something like that. Almost forty years old, and and this year, I mean, <laughs> like he's just he's just one of those ageless wonders. So yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. Like he's he's you know, record after record, this guy is a Hall of Famer first ballot, no doubt. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, just kind of the things that that he's able to do. Obviously, the the under six foot club is is pretty exclusive. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, he's he's stupid good. I think he kind of set the uh, the trademark for quarterbacks consistently getting over that four thousand yard mark. And then you know, he's obviously been at that five thousand, I believe, once, maybe twice. Um, but yeah, he is 39. He turned 39 in January. So I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think he's for sure got a couple years. And he looks great. Um, and yeah, I mean, when all said is when all is said and done, you know, we'll we'll kind of see where he ranks all time. But I think we're possibly right now seeing three of the best five to seven quarterbacks to ever play the game in him, it's a great time. Tom Brady, yeah. and Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
it's it's a it's a great time. Like I said, it you know for quarterbacks in this in this league, like I'm looking forward to that next group, right? Because these guys are all getting up there in age. But like again, you look at I mean, he's on pace for five thousand yards again this year. Like, oh yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's unbelievable what he can do, and you know what? Like everyone's questioning, you know, as he grow, gets older, the arm strength or whatever. But man, you know, he hasn't thrown it. He hasn't thrown. He hasn't turned the ball. I mean, he has one fumble, I think, for the, for the uh, for the year. Like he has. That's it. That's his turnover. There's one fumble through three games. No picks. Um, he's just yeah. He's super good. I, I I think he's definitely top five. Yeah. No, I think without a doubt. Um, but I mean, in that game, we saw obviously a lot of offense with the score. Um, 941 total yards of offense between Matt Ryan and Drew Brees. Ten touchdowns, no turnovers, no picks. Um, what do we make of both these defenses? And and we'll start with the Saints. Um, you know, I s- didn't get to see a whole lot of that game. I saw a lot of highlights and scoring. I watched a lot of red zone. Um, but you know, the defense needs to get better. I know that they typically the Saints have had some slow starts defensively, um, and and Drew Brees is kind of there to carry the load, but. If this team is gonna, you know, beat a Los Angeles Rams, you know, they need to get some stops. And are you worried at all about Marshawn Lattimore because he's not look like the, you know, the stud that he did look like last yeah, year? Yeah, that's and that's the thing. It's been it's been the, the 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 back end of that defense because you know Cameron Jordan's been getting sacks left and right to start the year. I mean they they've been they've been getting pressure on him. Davenport had a sack, you know, the other day their, their first round pick, um, but. Yeah, for me, it's just that back end, man. Like those, those four guys in, in the backfield, they're like they're just they're not they're not playing like they you know can play. And I agree with you. The Saints, I feel like historically, have always had those defenses that it's taken them some time to get going. And you know, it always seems like when the games matter the most, so that defense steps up. Um, you know, again, it's kind of nice when you have an offense that's capable of you know putting up 30, 35 points a game. It makes your life a little bit easier. Um, so you know, you, you would you would think a lot of the time you're you know you know these other opposing teams are playing you're trying to catch up, so they're going to put putting yards up. So I'm not too concerned about the yards. It's just where's the turnovers you know that we would normally get from the Saints defense, and maybe that's still coming because again they tend to they tend to take a little bit of time. To to, to, to get things moving. Yeah, and to put in perspective how bad their defense has been, Cameron Jordan has four sacks, and he also leads their team in pass deflections with two. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. They haven't been around the football. Like, no. the cornerback the play, the safety play, like, they haven't been swarming. They haven't, you know, that's what they're missing. They need those turnovers, you know, to, to give themselves a chance because they're going to give up yards. Because, like I said, you know, when you when you have an offense like the Saints and, you know, that Saints is going to, that, that team's going to put up 25, 30 points a game, you know, these opposing teams are going to need to play catch up. So right. I'm not concerned about the yardage. Like, they're going to be giving up a lot of yards. That's, you know, the Saints have always given up yardage. It's just, where's the turnovers? They need to start forcing those. Yeah, the bend, bend don't break mentality is, is not working. And they only have one right. forced turnover uh, and interception, no forced fumbles so far. Um, but let's flip-flop that to the Falcons. Um, obviously, we know their offense is pretty dynamic. And this was supposed to be a really good young core um, on, on the defensive side. You know, Trufant on the outside has been has been pretty good. Deion Jones was a pro bowler last year. Keanu Neal's on the up-and-coming. But a lot of those guys I just mentioned are out for the year. Um, Ricardo Allen, their leader, uh, he's out yeah. for the year. Keanu Neal's out for the year. Deion Jones is on the IR. Uh, Devonta Freeman on the offense, obviously, he he might be back soon. But, 
I mean, what what do you do with this depleted defense? Can they compete for a division title? Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's got to just be that next man up. But you're right. I mean, a lot of the key players from last year that were, you know, they're, these are great players that they've lost. I mean, on the defensive side, you know, and, and see what's different to me. And I know, like, again, we just talk, we're talking about a game where there was 900-plus yards and, you know, Matt Ryan looked fantastic or whatever. The difference between a, a Falcons team and a Saints team is that I feel like that Saints offense, that's something they're going to be able to do week in and week out. Consistently, I sure. feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like with Atlanta, you know, sometimes they're hit and miss. It's like they don't show up one week, and then the next week Matt Ryan decides he wants to be an MVP again. Right. You know, or be an MVP candidate. So, you know, that defense, like, there's just so much more pressure on that defense because, you know, there's, you know, they don't, that offense isn't, Capable of putting up the type of points that the Saints' offense is, and but you know the thing is, is they have the playmakers, and they should be doing that. You know, um, that's it, you know that division is just so like these these Saints Falcon games are just to me the best games to watch because this is a typical Saints Falcons game. You know, high scoring, a lot of offense. Like it was fun watching. Right, and then you flip flop, and you have the Panthers in there who. You never know what you're going to get with them, but it seems like they always compete, whether that's a high-scoring game or whether it's a low-scoring game. Like, that division, and all division football is is obviously a little bit tighter, but, like, that division always seems to, to put on a show, and yeah. it's really kind of a three-team race. You know, I, I could look back at it. I don't know the exact numbers, but between those three teams, like, in the past eight years, I would assume that each of them have at least two division titles. Yeah, your your Panthers are going to be your balanced team where they're going to they're going to do both. I mean, they're going to you know get some offense on there. They're not they're not the best offense in the league by any means, but they're also going to play great defense. And you know, yeah, I mean, like they're fun. And and again, these 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 NFC South games are just they're just fascinating to watch. Like I really enjoy them. I love the fact that going back to the Saints and, and Falcons, you know, uh, you know, uh, rivalry, like both teams are dome teams, like they fly around, they're fast, you know, it's just, they're so tough to stop, you know, they're so tough to stop, it's just the difference right now, and you see it in the records, because, you know, Atlanta's got that one win, the difference right now is the Saints are going to be pretty, pretty, um, you know, in week in and week out, you know what you're going to get with them, and then on the, on the you know, Atlanta side, you never know with, from the offense. They have all the talent. They might have better playmakers and better talent on their side of the ball than the Saints do overall. You know, you could argue that. It's just the quarterback play, which is the most important play, who knows what Matt Ryan's going to do every week. Yeah, and I agree with that. I mean, Julio Jones and, and Calvin Ridley, I mean, obviously Ridley had his breakout game, but, I mean, Julio Jones is, is talented. Um, they kind of have that duo running back with, with Freeman and Coleman, similar to the Saints. Um, but yeah, I mean, they have Hooper in the middle, pretty similar offenses, but every day of the week, I will take Drew Brees over Matt Ryan. And then that's the difference. Um, let's, let's talk about our favorite part of the show. Also my worst by far part of the show. Uh, yeah, let's hear it, David. Go ahead. We'll yeah. I really don't want to talk about it, but we're going to, uh, <laughs> spreads with the shafts. Um, we probably should just call it spreads with Tyler and Anthony and David just, uh, administrates this. I went one and five this week. One and five, uh, that puts me at six and twelve on the season. Um, yeah, not good. And then uh, you and Ty both went five and one. So Ty's sitting at ten and eight, and you're eleven and seven on the season. You've been the leader every week. Um, so of course we'll let you start the first game, which is, uh, in my opinion, the best Thursday night matchup we've had. Which sucks that it's on Thursday because I want to see these guys play on a full week's rest. 
Um, but the Vikings will be traveling to play the Rams, and the Rams at home are seven and a half point favorites. We got. Yeah, that's that's tough. You know my thing with Thursday night games. You never know what to expect, and I couldn't agree with you more. You know, this is. I mean, this might be game of the week, right? And it is a shame that it's on Thursday because short weeks, you just don't know. Um, look, Vikings had a real bad, real bad loss, real bad loss. I know they're a lot better than that. The defense is going to keep them in most games. Seven and a half is a pretty big number for a team that, in the Vikings, I should say, that you know can put points on the board. Okay, they're going to be able to score at will if they want. And that defense is going to, you know, play great defense. So, you know, I think this one actually sounds pretty easy to me. I'm, I, I'm taking the seven and a half. I'm going with the Vikings. Yeah, no, I, I'm going to take the Vikings as well. Um, Tyler did take the Rams. But uh, the reason I will take the Vikings is, yeah, like you said, I mean, these are two possibly dynamic. Well, we know the Rams are dynamic. Um, the Vikings can have a dynamic offense. Obviously, last week was, was not good against the Bills. Um, they, they fucked me, got me out of my eliminator pool, um, along with like 62% of my pool picked them. But yeah, I mean, the, the Vikings, you know, they might be without Dalvin Cook again, but they've got playmakers. And for me, the reason I'll take them is I know the Rams are for sure going to be without Aqib Tlaib and possibly Marcus Peters. Um, so obviously their two best uh, corners possibly out you know who who's taking on Diggs and, and Thielen out there so I think they cover and it you know possibly could win it but we'll see you know these are the two teams that were supposed to be you know their division winners and two of the the best teams in football so it's a treat for us but also kind of a shame that's on Thursday yeah I agree I and and I know we did you know Super Bowl predictions way back when or whatever but this is a this is a preview of the NFC championship game in my opinion right here yeah, no, I, without a doubt. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. This is, this is definitely possible, and, and obviously you can always say maybe the Eagles, maybe the Saints. Um, but, yeah, this is possibly the best matchup we've had all season any day of the week. So it's going to be a fun right. one. Um, the next one, we have uh, Ryan Fitzmagic and maybe Jameis Winston traveling to Chicago. Um, the take on the Bears, uh, I think this will clearly be the, the toughest defense that the Bucks have faced. Um, the Bears are minus three at home, so three-point favorites. And uh, I'll take the Bears because I think that defense is uh, is going to give Dirk Cutter a reason to start Jameis Winston uh, in the, in their next game. Mm. Yeah, and and I'll tell you, man, like to back-to-back weeks, Bears being favorites, like this is this is starting to become a real norm for me, and I'm really enjoying it. Um, I um, yeah, I too will also take the Bears. I, I you know, look, I. That offense, you know, they got to get the ball in the end zone. Like this team, unfortunately, you know, this team in the Bucks that I'm, I'm talking about, they're going to put points up on the board. I think I know our defense is really good, but you know, Fitz has just, like I said, been a Hall of Famer this year, and you know he's going to get his. Um, you know, probably not. He's not throwing for 400 yards. I'll, I'll put money on that right now. But um, you know, I, I I think this Bears offense is going to keep getting better. Now we have another week under their belt. Um, I expect better offense i expect more points from the bears and i will yeah i'll take the i'll take the bears i can tell you if he throws three picks in the first half or even in this game that the bears will cover by three easily yeah oh yeah oh for sure yeah i gotta win the turnover battle and that's what i'm saying we you know that's what we have done to this point i mean you know like mitchell's had a couple stupid throws like there was actually some more that he's thrown that should have been picked um you know some of the defenders have dropped some balls on him but um we just got to protect the ball, 
you know, we're at home, run the ball, run the clock, keep Fitz off the field, keep that offense off the field, and let's just get this done. Yeah, and Tyler also uh, took the Bears, so unanimously we'll, we all are going to take the Bears this week. Um, the next one is the Dolphins traveling to New England. They'll be taking on Tom Brady. Um, obviously the Dolphins, one of the, the few surprises this year, they're uh, at 3-0, and and the Patriots uh, also surprised them in the opposite way. Uh, they're sitting at 1-2. and but the Patriots are seven-point favorites at home. Tyler took the Dolphins, obviously. Who are you taking, Anth? Uh, I mean, to me, I mean, have, have the Patriots lost three in a row before? I mean, literally, has that ever happened? I, I can't I, assume it's happened in the Tom Brady uh, era. <laughs> yeah, not in the last 15 years, yeah. at least. Um, yeah, I'm um, I'm going to take New England on this. I Look, I, Miami has surprised, and, and Tannehill, you know, I've always thought that he could be a really good quarterback in this league and we've we've had arguments about this before it's just you know his thing has always been can he stay healthy and so far so good um so i i do like this dolphins team i just think like i said after you know losing the way new england did on on, on primetime football monday night like or i'm sorry sunday night that that's just that's it like they're, they're gonna come out they're gonna put some points on the board i think josh gordon's gonna be back um I I don't think Miami is able to stick with them. No way. Yeah, no no chance that the Patriots lose three in a row. Um, this is a statement game for New England at home against a division team that is three and zero. I think the Patriots blow them out and and kind of put Miami back uh back on earth. So I will I will agree with you and I'll take the Patriots. Um, like I said, Ty took the Dolphins, obviously. Um, so let's talk about the afternoon games. Yep, so we have the Browns traveling to Oakland. Um, the Browns are actually three-point underdogs, so the Raiders are the favorites at home. Um, Tyler took the Browns, by the way, and I'm going to agree with Tyler. I think that Baker is able to go ahead and, and energize that team for you know another week, keep the momentum rolling. Obviously, their first win in, in so long, 600-plus days. Um, I think that the Browns go in and get this win um, and at the very least, cover by three points. So I, I'll take the Browns along with Tyler there. What about you for you, Ant? Yeah, I I see this game as one where um, I think it's gonna be close. I, I definitely think it's gonna be close. I think it's gonna be low scoring. Um, you know, because that Browns defense has been really good. You know, Oakland hasn't really played much of defense. They haven't really gotten much of a pass rush going. You know, and I think that's gonna keep the Browns in it. Um, Gosh, this is one of those where I could just flip a coin. Honestly, I'm I too will go with the Browns. I think um, I, I I I like I said I, I want to see them win and, and and you know I want that I want that fan base to, to see you know back to back wins and, and and you know it is what it is. I, I just I think Browns are gonna are gonna do it and I think Baker will start two and zero. Okay, so our second unanimous choice, we will all take the Browns. Um, our second afternoon game, we have the Saints traveling. Uh, over to New York to take on the Giants. Um, the Saints are three and a half point favorites on the road. Um, Tyler took the Saints. Who are you taking on this one, Ann? Uh, I I've liked the Giants um, throughout this whole show. You know, the, the, over the last few weeks, I, I I feel like Giants are gonna be a playoff team. Um, you know, I man, that Saints defense. It's just you know, again. I, we were just talking about this a little bit ago. You know, your Saints are going to put up 25, 30 points a game, no doubt. Um, another coin flip for me, I, I'm going to go with the Saints, though. I, I, I think they just, I don't know if the Giants will be able to keep up. 
Yeah, I will make it unanimous for the, the third time so far. But yeah, I just I agree. I don't think that the Giants have enough offensive firepower. Um, I know one of the few uh, you know weaknesses for the Giants' offense has been that offensive line. Um, obviously, Saquon's played well. Um, they have weapons, and, and Odell, obviously, Sterling Shepard. I'm not sure if Ingram's playing this week, but that offensive line has been bad. And we did talk about how the Saints are able to at least get some pressure up front. Uh, Cameron Jordan, Davenport, uh, some of those guys up there. So I think the Saints win this easily. You know, Drew Brees is, is going to have a field day. Um, maybe a little bit of an underrated Giants defense, but I think that the Saints easily win this by at least four points. Um, so yeah. let's uh, let's move on to our last game, which is the Sunday night game. And I am very excited to see this. I love watching the Ravens and the Steelers play. I think it's always just hard-hitting, old-school football. And uh, the Ravens are traveling to Pittsburgh, where the Steelers are three-point favorites. Tyler went with the Steelers, and I'm going to go with the Ravens. Um, you know, I, I think in a division game, they're tight. They always are. Um, these guys obviously know each other very well. That defense is going to step up. I think uh, Joe Flacco can have a solid enough day. You know, we've seen the receivers on on the Ravens be surprisingly good this year after, you know, a few disappointing seasons uh, in the past for the Ravens. But, you know, John Brown, I think, makes a couple plays. He's had a touchdown in every game so far. I think Alex Collins gets back on and, and keeps that offense trucking because he has not been good this year, um, to say the least. And I, I think the Ravens can possibly win this or maybe lose by one. So I'll take the Ravens. Yeah, that this is going to be a very interesting game. Um, and like you said, these type of games, hard-nosed, you know, type type games, you know it's going to be close. Matter of fact, I, I'd almost lean on the push here. The Steelers win by three type type game. Yeah. Um, I think I think I, I think I will go with the Steelers. Look, they'll be at home um, playing in front of that crowd. You know that that offense is still. I I, I love. It just comes out. So I love the Steelers offense better than I love the Ravens. Like. You know the. I, I still am not ready to go out and say that the Ravens are going to be able to keep up with the Steelers. Now, again, with that said, as I was saying, these games tend to be close. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this was a Steelers win by three. I do think the Steelers are going to win though, and uh, therefore I think I, uh, I I'll take I'll take the Steelers to uh, cover. Okay. All right. I think I think those were some some good games. I'm excited to uh, see that Thursday night game, and then Sunday night should be a good one as well. Um, the season's been been a little little funky so far, so we'll we'll see how this one goes. Hopefully, I can do better than one in five. That's right. embarrassing. Um, let's talk about some starter sits. We'll go straight to the quarterbacks as always. And uh, my first one for us is Carson Wentz traveling to Tennessee to take on those Titans. Um, I mean, we talked about the Titans' defense so far. Um, they're top top ten team against the quarterback fantasy wise. They've only let up four touchdowns um, to three interceptions. And, you know, obviously Wentz didn't look great in his first start. Uh, he looked a little rusty after that ACL tear. You know, he threw for 255, a touchdown and a pick against the Colts. Um, and this is on the road. No Alshon Jeffrey possibly. You know, what do we expect? I think maybe a low-scoring game here, um, kind of similar to the Titans-Jags game. And really the Eagles games, uh, you know, a lot of their games have been low-scoring minus the uh, the Bucks game. Um, and on the road, Carson Wentz uh, does have a much lower passer rating, uh, 81.7 compared to 99 at home. Um, so I'm going to sit Carson Wentz on the road at Tennessee. What about for you? Yeah, I, um, I, I'm going to start Carson Wentz. I, I think um, he looked okay last week. You know, he, um, 
he did he did some things. Obviously, his first game back, um, you know, from from that obviously that that horrible knee injury. Um, but look, he threw for two fifty plus. He, he he did throw an interception. He had a touchdown in there. Another full week of practice with the, with the ones. Um, you're right. Tennessee is a good defense. Um, I I just think Carson Wentz is going to be a must start every week moving forward. So I will I will start him. Yeah, I can definitely see like after this week, maybe after two weeks, once he really really gets his legs under him, get some guys healthy. Like you're starting him. Like you know we saw how good he was last year. He was the MVP before um, the the ACL injury, but. This week, I don't, you know, I got, I'm going to sit him. So we'll see. I, I hope he does well because I, I do have him in one of my leagues. He's my backup right now, um, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, how about Matthew Stafford? He's traveling to Dallas. Dallas has quietly been pretty good against the quarterbacks. Um, they've faced Cam Newton, Eli Manning, and Russell Wilson, and they've held them to an average of 15.8 fancy points. And if you take away Cam Newton's rushes, they're down to a paltry 11.8 points per game against those three quarterbacks. Um, obviously, Stafford looked a lot better last week. Um, ball control was was huge and, and balance in that. So, what are you doing with Stafford this week, uh, traveling to Dallas? Yeah, no, I I'm gonna start him. Um, yeah, he did he did have a rough start to the season, but like he had a nice bounce back um, on Sunday night last week. Um, I you know Dallas defense has done good against opposing quarterbacks um, from a fantasy standpoint. Um, you know, I I do I do put. Stafford above those those type of quarterbacks, um, fantasy wise to begin with. So like, I just think it's too much. Like that 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 Detroit offense is one that they they pass the ball. Stafford will get his touchdowns. He'll throw his first yardage, and I think he'll have a good game. Okay. Plus, I'm actually gonna sit Matthew Stafford. Um, I think the Cowboys lean heavy on Ezekiel Elliott. I think they really try to control the clock. You know, keep Matthew Stafford off the field. Um, they, they play better at home. It seems I don't know. It seems like Dallas either gets blown out or they win these like low scoring games, and I can really see it being one of those low scoring games. Not necessarily saying they win, um, but I, I I just have a feeling that this is going to be one of those games. And for me, I'm going to sit Stafford because I think Zeke gets 25 carries um, mm-hmm. after he's been pretty underutilized so far this season. Mm-hmm. Now, what about heading to Chicago? Either. Ryan Fitzpatrick or Jameis Winston, most likely Fitzpatrick. Um, are you starting either of these guys against Chicago, Ant? No, I'm. I'm not starting them for for the for the mere fact of I don't start anybody that plays the my Bears because I want them to do so bad. Um, but in reality, with these two guys, like there's going to be strip fumbles in this game. You know, they're they're. I mean, that's been the Bears' mo for for the first three weeks. Um, there's going to be some turnovers. You know, the defense is going to you know stop the run, and, and a lot of these, a lot of these, you know, quarter, you know, these quarterbacks will be throwing third and eight, third and nine, third and you know maybe ten all game long. I would think, um, which is not a recipe for success. So I will, uh, I'll bench both. Okay. Um, if, if Fitz plays, I'm starting him. If Jameis plays, I'm sitting him simply because your first game against Chicago. Not going to be good. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I think they're playing from behind. I think maybe similar to how this Pittsburgh game went. Um, maybe not three first uh, half picks. But I think that they do play from behind and, and they play catch up. And at the very least, he gets his yards. You know, maybe a garbage time touchdown to, to maybe salvage the day. But, I mean, you know, this is the first week that we have with bye weeks. So I know um, for sure the Panthers are on a bye. So if you have a guy like Cam Newton, 
and maybe you picked up Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, maybe not. Have, you don't have an option but to play him. But I think regardless, uh, he, he's, he's going to go and get you, you know, maybe 18 points or right, right around that mark, which would be pretty good against the Bears because we know how good they've been so far. All right, running backs. Isaiah Crowell, he'll be traveling to Jacksonville. Obviously, we know how good that defense is, top 10 um, against the running back so far this year. Um, anybody not named Saquon Barkley that has ran uh, on the Jags this year, against the Jags, I should say, they have not run for more than 60 yards. Um, now, I will say the Jags have been pretty vulnerable against the uh, running backs catching the ball to the backfield, which Crowell can do a little bit. Um, he's coming off back-to-back -back games where he has averaged less than three yards a carry, but obviously he found the end zone twice last week against the Browns. Um, I will sit Isaiah Crowell this week against the Jags. I think that that front seven is just too much to handle. Um, you know, I s probably not going to be a pretty game for, for the Jets here. Probably playing a little bit from behind, and yeah, I just it's the it's the Jags. I'm going to sit him. Yeah, I'm with you on that completely. That that that. Uh... That Jacksonville defense is um, uh, really good, especially against the run, like you were saying. Um, I Crowell, yeah, he'll he'll catch a few things out of the backfield. He's not he's not a dominant pass catcher by any means. You know, he's not going to get you points that way. Um, to me, this is an easy one, so I'm sending him. Okay, all right, yeah, I think I think that was pretty easy as well. Um, Sony Michelle playing uh, Miami at home. Now we know Miami's three and zero. Um, they actually do defend the run pretty well, but terrible again at containing uh, running backs in the passing game, which may be a good thing for James White, obviously. Um, Burkhead's out. He's on the IR. I mean, obviously, it's going to be more opportunity for Michelle. He did lead um, Patriots backfield in touches last week with 15, even though they were trailing most of the game. So, I mean, he's going he's gonna to touch the ball. Um, but for you against, you know, a team that really only lets up points to the running backs via receiving, are you starting Michelle this week? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I am. Um, I, you know, New England Patriots and running backs is a tough one for me, even back to the yeah, Lewis days and, you know, some of the other ones that they've had come come through. Just because, you know, British, I mean, it's like anybody can go off. You know, it could be James White's day. It could be Sonny Michael's day. Um, I, I don't like the fact that, and again, like you said, he did get, he did get 14, 15 touches. Uh, Burkhead is out, like you mentioned, but... I don't know. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a fan of New England starting New England running backs. Although I think they they do well. It's just a hit or miss. Two hit or miss for me. Okay, I'll start him. I think you know, seeing 15 touches last week in a game that they really didn't have the ball a whole lot. Um, you know, I think they want to see what this kid has. And Miami obviously is missing Hayes um, up front with that ACL like we talked about earlier. Um, I think he can can get a couple you know carries out the in the goal goal line area in the red zone. And um, that's kind of Burkhead's role before. Um, we know James White is, is going to get most of those catches. But I think the volume's there. Like I said, I think the Patriots win this one um, and win this big in a statement game. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him touch that ball 20 times, get right around that 80-yard mark, and, and you know possibly a touchdown with a couple catches in there to give him a nice day. Um, let's continue the trend about teams that are good against the run but not good at defending these running backs out of the backfield. Austin Eckler is taking on the Niners. Um, we know the Niners are depleted right now. We talked about their injuries. Um, Sherman also out three to four weeks with the sprained MCL. But the Niners have not allowed a 50-yard rusher um, yet this season, and that includes Delvin Cook, Carryon Johnson, and Kareem Hunt. You know, three, two elite running backs, and, and Carryon Johnson, who just put up 100 yards last week. 
Um, but, you know, Eckler does most of his damage in the passing game, and the Niners are terrible at defending these guys out of the backfield. In the three games, they average letting up seven catches for 55 yards. Um, so the game script could possibly play a big factor into this, run the ball a lot. Maybe we see Melvin Gordon more so. Um, but I think Austin Eckler has a, has a big game, and I'm going to start Austin Eckler this week. Yeah, I mean, going back, I mean, he had he had four rushes last week. He had, you know, three receptions against the Rams. Um, I, no, to me, like this is this is Melvin Gordon's team. I, you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not starting a backup running back on a team. I mean, I, I, I hear you what you're saying with the, with the pass catching ability, but I just to me, I want someone that's gonna rush it 15, 20 times and also get five to six receptions for you know maybe that's a little high, but you get what I'm saying. So this is Melvin Gordon's team. I, I'm not I'm not starting that clear. Yeah, no, I mean it is definitely Melvin Gordon's team. But I mean, Eckler, even with Melvin Gordon getting you know twenty plus touches, what you know what it seems like every single day, um, I really, I really can see him having a solid day. And you know, he does, he does have that sneaky ability. We saw it last year towards the end of the year where he was kind of um, vulturing some of Melvin Gordon's touchdowns. But I mean, in his three games, obviously he started off hot, twenty one in the first game, eleven in the second, and then um, his four carries went for forty seven yards last week. So if they do get up big, you know, he's you know Melvin Gordon gets a little rest, maybe Eckler gets you know ten to twelve touches. I think he can do a decent amount with it. When you turn seven touches into seven seventy one yards, like you're you're yeah. pretty decent. Sure, no doubt about it. I, I you know I think for me too, like just by looking at some of his stats so far, I mean he's had one touchdown so far this year. It was a receiving touchdown. He's not he does he's not one who find, he had two touchdowns last year two or I should say two rushing touchdowns last year three receiving he's not one that finds the end zone that much you know what I mean like you're no yeah for you sure know, he, he's he's one that might get you in the end zone once every other game or so um so maybe he's due for one I just I don't know if it's worth the risk again I'd have to have a pretty uh bad you know you know team in front of him if I'm starting him I think well, yeah, or guys on buys. You know, maybe you have McCaffrey on a buy this week. Yeah, exactly. A flex, yep. a flex. I mean, yeah, I'm not starting him as a running back, but he, he'd be a solid flex play, you know, depending who yeah. you have on buys or injuries because we know there's been a lot of injuries so far to running backs. Um, sure. Let's talk about some receivers. Larry Fitzgerald will be traveling to Seattle. Cardinals have looked awful. Um, they scored their first touchdown last week against the Bears in week three. Um, but for the entire year, I mean, Larry Fitzgerald has 12 catches for 113 yards and no touchdowns. Um, we yeah. know Josh Rosen is starting this week, um, but it seemed like even in the little bit that he played, he was really looking for Christian Kirk. Um, I know Fitz left that game early, um, but what are you doing with Fitz this week? Yeah, he. I mean, he only had the, the two targets last week. Uh, made a heck of a catch on one of them. Um, you know, yeah, it's that thing. It's like he's one of my favorite players in the league. I mean, the guy's just a class act, true professional. I, I just this offense just I'm not touching any I mean I don't even know if I'm touching David Johnson right now it was just that bad but like I mean now I'm I'm benching Fitz yeah I I'm agree gonna yeah I'm gonna sit him too you know Josh Rosen I think he may look for him um, but Seattle's actually been pretty good against the pass um, I know they're not the the Legion of Boom that they used to be. But in Seattle, or excuse me, it's actually in Arizona. Um, but it, regardless, it's a division game. You know, Josh Rosen in his first start. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid Larry Fitzgerald this week. Um, but I agree, he's got to be one of my favorite players. Um, you know, he's got the best hands probably of all time in football, and he's he is a class act, great guy. Um, what about Amari Cooper taking on the Browns? 
we obviously know what he did in week two. He had like 10 catches for 100 and some odd yards. But in his other two catch, other two contests, just three catches for 36 yards. Um, Cleveland's just outside of being a top 10 defense to receivers. And we saw Jordy Nelson go off last week. Obviously, like I said, Cooper in week two. And then, of course, Jared Cook in week one. It's kind of a tough situation for fantasy owners because you probably picked him up pretty early. Um, And because of that, I will start him because it's really shitty if you have him on your bench and he has that type of game. Um, So strictly for that reasons, I will start him. What about you? Yeah, he's so hit or miss right now. Um, Now, the good thing is, is, you know, they, you know, Oakland's averaging 3.1 yards. I mean, like, they're a passing team. Carr threw for 345 last week, and it just so happened that, you know, 60% of that went to to Jordy Nelson. Um, But, yeah, I have to start him, like you said. Like, like he's someone I think you got to start every every week. Um, You know, but you just got to hope. I mean, again, he's been hit or miss so far. Yeah. What about Quincy Anunua? Not necessarily sure I'm saying that right. Um, our second jet of the start sit, but he's also playing Jacksonville in Jacksonville. Look, I mean, he's seen a ton of targets so far. 29 yeah. through three games. Hasn't put up less than 50 yards. Um, but obviously he's going to go against uh, Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Bouye, and those Jags. Um, they're the fifth best defense against receivers. And they have allowed one player to top 50 yards this season, and that is Odell Beckham Jr., um, are you starting him or sitting him? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit him. I mean, he's found the end zone one time this year. is in week one. Um, yeah, he, does, he is leading the team in targets. Um, you know, he's, 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 he's maybe about 40 or 50% receptions to targets right now because he's, he's, he's got, what, maybe 16 to, uh, receptions. Um, you said, like you said, 57 yards is his lowest, but his highest, he had a 92-yard performance, which still isn't getting you many points. Um, he just hasn't found the end zone to the to, to the to the to this point, so I'll, I'll sit him, especially against that uh, defense. Yeah, I mean Jacksonville is obviously we know how good that defense is. I'm actually going to start him though. Um, like I said earlier, I think this is a game that the Jags should should dominate, and that Sam Darnold and the Jets are playing from behind. Um, if you're in a PPR league, let me rephrase that, I would start him. Because like that I said, that target share, almost 10 targets a game. Um, you know, I think that at, at the very least, you know, towards the end of that game, he's going to he's gonna get some dink and dunks with the, the defense just bending and not breaking. Um, so for fantasy purposes, I think I'll start him. Okay. Okay, tight ends. We got three of them to cover. Um, George Kittle at Los Angeles, the Chargers, that is. We talked about Jimmy G, obviously. We talked about C.J. Beathard. Um, but Beathard also played for two seasons at the University of Iowa with George Kittle, um, so maybe not as big of a fallout as people are thinking, um, but the Chargers have been unbelievable. They haven't allowed a tight end to surpass 35 yards or two catches in a single game, and that includes Travis Kelsey um, in week one, one catch for six yards, and he's by far the, the best tight end in football fantasy-wise. So George Kittle, for me, oh, man, I'm going to start him just because C.J. Beathard um, – I think that's kind of the guy he's going to rely on is George Kittle in the middle. And I think he maybe gets like seven to eight catches, but not a ton of yards, maybe like 40 to 50 yards. But I'll start him. Yeah, I'm going to bench him. Again, another guy he hasn't found the end zone yet. And that it's just very important, man, because it tells me through three weeks that, look, you know, and again, I understand it's a different quarterback now and, and whatever, but he's either not getting open near the end zone or he hasn't been a target or he hasn't been a part of the the uh, offensive playbook for in, in, in the red zone, but 
Um, he has been, he's gotten his share of some targets. His, you know, he's caught five passes in two of the three games. Um, I'm just, again, you're, I need touchdowns, and he hasn't done it yet. So I'll, I'll skip that. Yeah, no, I I can't really disagree with you. The Chargers have proven that they've been good, and especially with tight ends, you kind of rely on that touchdown because they usually don't get you know, a whole lot of catches. Um, let's talk about the man who's back on our list, Trey Burton. This is his third time on here. Um, last, last week was his first time topping 50 yards, um, but he does get a Bucks team that's led up the second most points at tight end so far this season. Um, they do allow over 17 points a game to them, um, and they're the only team allowing over 100 yards a game to tight ends. Uh, what are you doing with Trey Burton? Uh, I, I like Trey Burton. I think this is going to be the time, though, that I sit him. And, and, and I'm, I think I'm sitting him for the fact that I just know he'll do good if I decide to sit him through this through this, uh, <laughs> through this show here. So, like, yeah, I'm going to sit him. Um, you know what? He has not been looked at as often as I thought he would in this offense to this point. I thought he'd be a very, uh, a very much a focal point in the offense, and I haven't really seen it yet. Um, he's getting the targets, but like I said, he, you know, he, not not a lot of yards. Um, he had a touchdown in week two, um, you know, but then again, only at twenty yards. So you're still not getting points from him. Um, so I think I'm going to sit him for for the time being. I need to see more. Okay, so you're sitting him to help him because if you sit him, he'll have a good game. You're you're a true Absolutely. fan. Absolutely, a true I fan. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I will. I'll actually start Trey Burton this week. Um, I think the stats are kind of too too hard to not start him against that Bucks defense. Um, I definitely do see this as a Jordan Howard type of game, but I think Trey Burton finds the end zone, um, maybe gets around that 50-yard mark, but with the lack of production at tight end so far this season, you probably don't have much of an option but to start him. Um, last one that we have is Eric Ebron taking on my Texans. That will be in Indianapolis. Um, we saw Jack Doyle miss last week with an injury. Ebron saw a team-high 11 targets, but only turned that into five catches for 33 yards, his worst performance of the year. Um, I mean, if Doyle misses again, the volume, I, I think it should be there. Houston is uh, bottom 10 defense against the tight ends. Um, man, I think even if Doyle plays, I'm going to start Ebron because it looks like Andrew Luck loves this guy. What about for you? Yeah, and, and in the end zone, again, he has two touchdowns in three weeks. Um, and then the week he didn't have a touchdown, he had 11 targets. And again, he only, like you said, caught five of those for 33 yards, which, you know, you got to take your chance with it. Um, I'm kind of a start him if Doyle is out, sit him if Doyle is in type guy. Um, if I had to lean it, um, I think I was looking at, at Doyle because I have him on one of, my, one of my rosters. I think they were leaning towards not playing again this week. So I think I would start, I'll start Eric Gabriel. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if he's if he's not playing, you're for sure starting Eric Ebron. Ebron, excuse me. Um, but even if he does, you know, it's it's not a bad option, uh, regardless, because he does get a lot of red zone looks and obviously 11 targets um, with a guy like T.Y. Hilton on your team. Look, Andrew Luck's shoulder obviously doesn't look like it did. They bought they brought Jacoby Brissett in for that last minute hail mary, so he's not looking down the field a whole lot. Um, short little dunk dunk offs down the middle of the field to Ebron could could lead to a big day. But yeah, let's wrap the show up. I mean, I'm excited. There's there's a lot of good games. It's disappointing to see my Texans 0-3. Disappointing to see me go 1-5 uh, in, in our picks. But I think this is a better week. Everyone turns it around. The Texans turn it around. I turn it around. Before we wrap it, give me your bold prediction for uh, week four. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna my bold prediction for me is um, 
I think Carson Wentz is going to have a 300-plus three-touchdown game, big bounce back uh, coming off as, you know, game two off that injury. I think, again, going into Tennessee with that with that defense and how they've played against opposing quarterbacks, they've been tough. I think Wentz finds it uh, this week. I, I think he has a breakout. Okay. I like it. Um, my bold prediction is Fitz Magic comes to an end this week. I think the Bears' defense is going to contain him, uh, you know, force a couple turnovers, maybe a couple picks, maybe a strip sack. Um, but I think, I believe they have a bye coming up in week five. So I think he has a poor game. I think that gives Jameis a couple weeks to prepare. And I think that is the end of Fitz Magic for, for Ryan and the Bucks. I like it. So we'll see. You know, it's hopefully that's the case for you because that means the Bears are probably dominating that game. Yeah, I'll take that every day. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, this was Double Overtime presented by Shaft Sports. Uh, one of your hosts here, David. Uh, one of our other hosts here, of course, Anthony. No Tyler tonight, so uh, no stupid predictions that you guys had to hear, uh, like Ryan Tannehill being the number one quarterback, but also saying to sit him during our start and sits. So. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't believe when he said that. But listen, thank you guys for listening. We love talking football. Good luck on everyone's fantasy weeks. Good luck on your, on your spreads. If uh, you are listening and doing your spreads, I would recommend listening to Anthony and not me. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good one. Off to week four, boys. Take care. See you, David.